And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Big stories for the Broncos Patriots game highlight this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Hello, everyone. Welcome into Fantasy Football in 15. It is Thursday, October. 15th, a little 15 on 15 action. I am Michael Beller, joined here by Derek Ben Riper. DVR, how you doing? Hey, doing well. Happy that we're moving on through the second month of this season, hoping that um, you know we get some great games this weekend. I actually like this week's matchups a lot more than I like the matchups that we had in week five. Yeah, Thursday is the day of the week when I really start thinking about that week's matchups, partially because we usually have a game on Thursday, right? Uh, That, of course, not the case in this week. And then just because of some of our other show prep, I really start to dig into the matchups on Thursday. And I'm with you. Last Thursday at this time, I was feeling like, ugh, all right, well, still football, I guess. I'll still take it this week. Definitely some more interesting games on tap. One of those games that I think falls somewhere in between that. Not one of the games I'm super excited for, but definitely would have been one of the more uh, intriguing games on last week's slate is Broncos and Patriots. And we have quite a few news items from that game. That's where we're going to start here on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. The first one, the biggest one, uh, is something that came out early on Wednesday. Melvin Gordon arrested and charged with DUI. We've been following this story since it first broke, so maybe something new has happened uh, in between the time of us recording this and the time of you listening to it, so uh, understand that we are going into this with the information that we have at hand as we sit down to record this episode. Uh, As of right now, Vic Fangio is saying he is unsure if Melvin Gordon will be active against the Patriots on Sunday. There, of course, could be some sort of team suspension, some sort of team discipline. Could go beyond this week, uh, depending on how fast things move. Maybe there's something from the league, although I imagine we'll be mostly talking about team uh, discipline, potentially, for Melvin Gordon. Philip Lindsay, meanwhile, he's going to play in this game. We haven't seen him since week one because of the turf toe injury. He was set to play last week before uh, the game got postponed and pushed back to week six. So, from a fantasy perspective, DVR, the only interesting discussion here assumes that both of them play. Obviously, if Melvin Gordon doesn't play, Philip Lindsay is an easy start. But let's assume for the sake of our conversation that both Gordon and Lindsay are out there for the pa- for the Broncos against the Patriots. How would you feel starting either one of them if he is on your team? I think the return of Lindsay was already going to bring down our expectations for Melvin Gordon a little bit. And even if there's not a suspension from the Broncos or less likely from the league, I still could see this being a situation where Lindsay gets a bit more of a role than he would have otherwise. So I see Lindsay as kind of a fringe flex option. As long as he's active, I think Gordon is still a notch above him in part because he's more likely to get the short yardage and goal line opportunities. And, you know, it's such a TD driven game that we play that, you just have to trust him a little bit more. But uh, volume-wise, I'm definitely concerned, and obviously it's a serious thing, and we'll have to see if he's even available to play this weekend. So both kind of become borderline for me if they both go. 
and Lindsay gets a huge bump, of course, if Gordon doesn't play. Yeah, let's rewind back to week one. Uh, Philip Lindsay hurt his toe, suffered that turf toe injury late in the first half of the Broncos' first game of the season. But up to that point of that first game of the year, Lindsay had out everything. Melvin Gordon out touched, out snapped, out carried, more pass routes. I mean, everything was in Lindsay's favor. And we're not talking in a significant way. It's not like we were talking some sort of 80-20 split. But it was 55-45 in Lindsay's favor to the point where if you were thinking about both of them as RB2 or one as an RB2 and one as a flex type, it would be Lindsay who was ahead in the pecking order. And nothing he did in that game, nothing either of the two of them did in that game would suggest that the Broncos would have gotten away from that had Lindsay remained healthy. So we have to assume, even in a world where uh, Melvin Gordon is not disciplined at all for this DUI charge uh, at any point this season, that once Lindsay shows himself to be fully 100% healthy, that they will get back to that breakdown where it is Lindsay who is slightly more valuable fantasy back. And enough of a breakdown between these two guys that I think they're both going to still have fantasy value week in and week out. But if I could only have one from this point forward, I want it to be Philip Lindsay. Uh, the Broncos are also getting their quarterback back in this game. Drew Locke expected to start on Sunday. He practiced in full on a Wednesday. So a potential boost for the passing game here. Stephon Gilmore remains on the COVID-19 list for the Patriots. So that uh, could work in the Broncos' favor, certainly getting Drew Locke back. Uh, that is not talking about Gilmore in that sort of callous way, but Drew Locke being back on the field Good news for uh, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, who practiced in limited fashion on a Wednesday. Tim Patrick, really everyone in this Broncos passing game. Would you consider starting him, Derek? We do have four guys on by this week. Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, all guys who in one way or another have been part of the fantasy discussion this season. If Drew Locke is someone who's been sitting on your bench or is sitting out there as a potential streamer, would you be at all interested in him this week? Uh, it's limited interest. I, I think New England could present some issues for the Denver passing game anyway. And I, I think the Broncos want to have more of a, a run first sort of lean, right? If they didn't want that, they wouldn't have brought in Melvin Gordon when they already had Philip Lindsay. And I think with Locke, you know, he's going to be without Cortland Sutton the rest of the way. That's one of their key weapons in the passing game, too. So the ceiling that I thought they had coming into the year has come down quite a bit with it being the first game off of injury, with it being a reasonably tough matchup. In single quarterback leagues especially, I'm probably steering clear. And I know there's a lot of people out there who maybe didn't have a backup, lost Dak Prescott last week, locks available in a lot of leagues, so I totally understand why he'd at least be a consideration, but I see him more as a future streamer than someone I would want to use for this matchup. Someone who's not available in a lot of leagues who will be playing in this game also is Cam Newton. The Patriots activated him from the COVID-19 list. He will practice in full later today, so Cam Newton... Good to go for Patriots versus Broncos on Sunday. This is a topic that Jake Seeley, Brandon Funston, and I got into on the Wednesday episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast and wanted to pick your brain on it a little bit, Derek. How many quarterbacks, or who would you have to have on your roster if or to still sit Cam Newton down? Of course, you didn't have Cam Newton. If you've been leaning on Cam Newton, you didn't have him last week. So you already had to either have a backup that you plugged in or, or pick someone up who you plugged in to your lineup last week. Who would you be starting over Cam Newton here in week six? I think Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys that you easily could have drafted with Cam with that matchup against Tampa Bay and the shootout potential on both sides of that one. I think Rodgers would be ahead of Newton for me. 
Uh, I know Jake's got Matthew Stafford ahead of Cam Newton. I think that Jacksonville secondary has just been putrid. He's actually got Gardner Minshew ahead of Newton, too. I would probably play Stafford over Newton. I'm not sure I'm quite there with Minshew. I think Newton's floor is just a little bit higher at this point. Uh, but otherwise, you're talking Mahomes, Allen, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. Uh, Deshaun Watson still probably uh, ahead of Cam for me as well. But I'm with Jake. I think he's easily a top 10 quarterback this week now that he's healthy again. So you're looking in somewhere in the low-end QB1 range. You would probably have had to been rich at the position or stream someone last week who carries another good matchup this week to really be thinking about sitting down Newton. Yep, that's where I'm at. All right, Derek, no practice Wednesday. I'm going to run through these guys here, just listing them. Obviously, varying degrees of seriousness to these injuries. Dalvin Cook. Don't expect him to play. Christian McCaffrey, don't expect him to play. DJ Chark, things not looking good for him early in the week. Hopefully he can practice in at least limited fashion today or tomorrow because of that ankle injury. Mike Evans also with an ankle injury, something he's been dealing with. So hopefully the Wednesday thing, no big deal for him. Julio Jones, we know how this goes. Cross your fingers and hope for at least limited practice on Friday. Deontay Johnson with the back injury he suffered last week, not practicing on Wednesday. Thursday could be the big day for him. Didn't expect him to practice on Wednesday, but today, might be a big one if he can get back in at least limited fashion. Jarvis Landry, been dealing with the hip injury since the summer, now has added a rib injury there. He did not practice on Wednesday. Doesn't sound like something the Browns are too concerned of just yet. Thursday and Friday was something we will watch closely. And then LaVisca Chenault, not practicing because of a hamstring injury. This is something he's been dealing with too, so not concerned about Chenault just yet. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Another series of injuries to run through here. Derek, these are guys who practiced in limited fashion on Wednesday. Chris Godwin, hamstring. Leonard Fournette with his ankle. Guys who have missed a couple of games now for the Buccaneers. Baker Mayfield with that rib injury. Did get out there in limited fashion. He thinks he'll be good to go for a big matchup 
in the AFC North, the 4-0 Steelers and the 4-1 Cleveland Browns. His teammate Kareem Hunt now dealing with a thigh injury practiced in limited fashion. Antonio Gibson has a toe injury that kept him limited on Wednesday. A.J. Green, that hamstring that knocked him out and you know, maybe some other things that knocked him out of the Bengals' loss to the Ravens. He was limited on a Wednesday. Hayden Hurst has a back issue. He was limited. Darius Slayton, someone who I want to talk about in a couple of seconds here, with a foot injury limited. As I mentioned, Noah Fant got back to practice, so limited is actually good news for Noah Fant. Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey, guys who could uh, curb the excitement we already have for Travis Fulgham. They both got back into practice in limited fashion. And then Russell Gage dealing with a shoulder issue. Uh, Sam Darnold uh, has been ruled out already for week six because of his shoulder injury. This will be another start for Joe Flacco. We know it is going to be without Le'Veon Bell as we talked about on Wednesday's episode of this show. And Derek, we mentioned obliquely LaMichael P. Ryan, but I want to talk about him a little bit more because Adam Gase said that P. Ryan is going to have a bigger role and that getting him more involved in the offense will be critical. He referenced Frank Gore's age, saying that Frank Gore can't handle a workhorse role at this stage of his career. Is LaMichael P. Ryan looking like a second-half sleeper in fantasy leagues? He could be because I think as we were talking about this yesterday, you know, you consider the possibility that he's much more suited to take the workload that was going to Bell than Gore was. And I'm glad Gaze at least has publicly kind of walked in line with that very basic shred of common sense because you can't <laughs> take that for granted with Gaze or no, with this can't. franchise as a whole, right? Uh, it's all about opportunity. I think the other key is eventually getting Sam Darnold back too, right? I mean, I think you need you need Sam Darnold to be more of a threat than Joe Flacco, even though I don't think it changes the outlook for Jamison Crowder all that much. It still makes the offense better. I think Darnold has more ceiling than Flacco. I don't think that's a controversial statement really at all, right? So if you if you see this team start to get healthy and they decide to give LaMichael Piran that volume, he could easily be the kind of guy that with 15-plus touches week in and week out, he becomes a fantasy staple. I just... I'm not convinced that he's definitely that guy, and even if he's getting more of the work than Gore, it needs to be more than 55-45 in that offense. It needs to be 70-30 mm-hmm. or 75-25 favoring Piran for him to sort of offset the fact that it's, it's probably a below-average offense even once Sam Darnold comes back. That's definitely a good point. I still think it's worth going after P. Ryan and trying to have him on your team. You never know what's going to happen uh, down the second half of the season, especially a team that clearly is not going to be competing for the playoffs. Clearly, Frank Gore is not part of their future. Michael P. Ryan could be a big part of their future. I mean, they could build an offense around Darnold and P. Ryan and Jameson Crowder if he sticks around there, or Prashad Perriman, some of those other guys. So P. Ryan really could be a big part of the future. So I think that they owe it to themselves and owe it to him to see what they might have in him. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him become that lead guy. We know this is a bad offense. We know he is going to need something on the order of 70-30, 80-20 in his favor to find some sort of meaningful fantasy value in an offense like this. But that's enough. There's enough of an opportunity of that of that happening, and running back is shallow enough where you might want to go after him. Uh, Kyle Allen will start for Washington in Week 6. Sterling Shepard, someone we thought we'd be getting back this week. But the uh, Giants saying they might not actually designate him to return from that toe injury this week. I mentioned Darius Slayton. We'll have to get through this quickly. People seem to want to anoint him already, Derek, after what he did last week. Eight catches uh, for 143 yards against the Cowboys. We're already seeing him uh, easily inside the wide receiver two class if you look across the fantasy industry uh, at his ranking. And I get it. 
But that was a bad team that they went up against last week. Dallas has basically gifted some receiver 140 yards every single week uh, that they've been out there this season. And this is still a very bad Giants offense. Daniel Jones played incredibly poorly in that game against Dallas. I think this was more about matchup than about, you know, Jones and Slayton finding anything special. So I'm pumping the brakes on Darius Slayton. He's one of my uh, big time sort of sleeper bust candidates, right? People are comfortable starting him, no doubt about it this week. I would be thinking twice about it if I had him on my team. Yeah, it depends on who you have as your alternatives. I mean, I think the thing about him that's pretty impressive is that with below average quarterback play since last season, Darius Slayton's been right around nine yards per target. He's a good receiver, a very good receiver in a bad situation. The problem there is that they do spread the ball around enough where I don't know if he's necessarily a target monster each and every week. I would agree with you that Dallas sort of just props up every passing game they see, <laughs> and you do have to be wary of that coming out of this this game in week five, but he's probably a six or seven target guy with ease each and every week. If he's getting nine yards a target, that's a pretty nice floor. So I think he is the receiver in that offense that I'm most comfortable with at this point, even if I am more on your side where I don't think he's necessarily a lock to start everywhere in season-long fantasy this week. All right, we're going to send this out on a bit of good news. Full practice for Jimmy Garoppolo on Wednesday and, more importantly, Devontae Adams. So Packers, Adams managers, your big guy, your number one receiver, will be back for what should be a fun game between the Packers and the Buccaneers on Sunday. That will do it for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. For DVR, I am Michael Beller. We will be right back with you here tomorrow. Until then, thanks for listening and have a great day.